Hey guys, Kevin Correa here on the Esports Network podcast. This will be the first official interview we'll have on the show. Uh, as always, it's a special guest that I've, I've kept in my back pocket for a year plus at this point. He'll provide some great insight into what exactly the transition from a sports journalist to an esports journalist is, and as well as providing some unique insight on the teams that he covers and the teams he has covered in the past. But but for now, if you have any comments or anything like that, feel free to let me know at Korea24. Feel free to follow the network itself at Esports Network with a Z on Twitter. And uh, for the most part, it's it's a pretty pretty nice interview, very insightful, and uh, let's get right into it. On today's Esports Network podcast, we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, he's been on my previous show many times, but today's making his debut on the Esports Network podcast. Of course, it's Sean Collins of the Dallas Morning News. Sean, how are you, my man? I'm doing great, Kevin. I appreciate you uh, having me on as your guest. I'm looking forward to being able to to talk about esports with you uh, again for the third or fourth time. Something like that should be enjoyable. Countless times. Countless times we've discussed esports, you know? And yeah. I, honestly, I can't wait to actually meet you in person because I just realized I've only ever met you. You have my, no idea. I have no idea. Real. I have no idea if your profile picture is really as beautiful as you are right now. I have no clue. I'm like, maybe I'm getting Journalism catfished. catfished. Exactly. Exactly. Sean Collins uh, is an esports reporter for the Dallas Morning News, uh, a news organization whose sports department is the stuff of legends in the sports media world. You got Tim Kalashaw, Skip Bayless, countless others. Uh, for the most part, you are a sports journalist out of Kansas, the Jayhawks over there. Uh, you've worked with organizations like the Mercury out of Manhattan, Kansas, and MLB.com, one of my favorite websites to read. Uh, you joined the Morning News to become their first full-time professional esports reporter just over a year ago. A huge accomplishment in a top-five media market like Dallas-Fort Worth, and now it's been a year plus. And how you feeling, man? Well, it's been such a bizarre year, right? Like, it's been hardly anything but normal. I remember when I was first getting word that uh, my my current editor Tommy Mogelson wanted uh me for this job. I think it was like mm, November or late late no November early December of of 2019 uh, is when he reached out to me and told me if there was a position would I apply. Basically, you know, it, it would be mine if I had it because we had a good phone call several months beforehand. But it, it was such a rush because it was such a busy time for me at the Mercury, um, doing basically everything from page design to sports coverage to even, I think I had like my own special section that I was responsible for, for um, at that point in time. And not only did I have to do that, but I had to break it to my bosses that uh, I was going to be leaving and that it was going to be in two weeks. And you guys are going to have to figure out what you're going to do with this massive workload. It's not going to be my problem anymore, which, <laughs> which is obviously not... Uh, not how I presented that, but it, you know, that's always difficult because I did like the people there, but, uh, I moved to Dallas. I, the apartment searching was, was hectic. Uh, yeah, I had such a limited time. So 
I put together a list with my mom over Excel and she made a spreadsheet and we just went through places like so fast. And then my dad made a, a solo trip down to check the places out and just, we trusted his judgment. <laughs> he picked out the best three and then we, we picked one. I didn't even get to visit my apartment before uh, oh, picking wow. this place. And it, you know, all of that, it, it was such a, a head rush. And then two days later, I have my first day at the Dallas morning news which, you know, is a company of many compared to the Manhattan Mercury. And the Manhattan Mercury was a newsroom of roughly 10, 12. So, you know, it was such a, a different pace. And um, within, I think, a week, I was going over to the Envy offices to, to meet the Dallas Fuel uh, and the Dallas Empire guys. And so it, it was all so fast. And, you know, I, I traveled to uh, Minneapolis in January to cover the Empire and the Call of Duty League's launch weekend. Uh, that was an enjoyable, stressful experience, all of the above, because it was like 20 degrees and snowing, and I'm in a city I have no idea where anything is. Um, you know, early March, I go to Los Angeles, and I cover the Empire, and the Empire win a tournament. So we get to see, you know, this team that we've decided to cover uh, have success, and that's obviously something that that's that's good to see. Um, probably if you're envy, as well as uh, you know, knowing the interest in these teams, um, and then everything shuts down, and I'm at my apartment for you know a year now, where everything that I do is all online. You know, sometimes I'll do webcam webcam interviews, but a lot of it's just you know talking to players and coaches. Uh, on my cell phone, working things through email. Um, it went from, you know, such an exciting, you know, travel job to, you know, it's still a fun job because I'm covering esports, but it, it doesn't get to have that kick um, that it did for at least two and a half months. Um, so I'm really looking forward to a time in which, you know, th there gets to be some sort of normalcy again. I don't know exactly when that is, but I imagine maybe in the next year or so um, when when leagues start to feel more comfortable about not just having a live event where their players are there, but also, you know, something that they feel comfortable inviting spectators to, because I'm sure that that's something that they have to worry about apart from, you know, two teams playing each other is also <laughs> hundreds, if not thousands of fans. Right, present right and in, i mean honestly um, besides spectators though obviously invite us the media would be nice you know to cover right. a live event for the first time and i don't know how long it'd be very nice mm -hmm. yeah so so it's all perspective and i kind of have to remind myself of that sometimes it's like hey man you, you cover esports for the dallas morning news and it's not hard to remind myself of that it's like that it's such a a fun gig and it's something that I wanted to do, but I didn't know how I was going to end up doing it or, or if I was ever going to end up doing it. Um, that's an interesting kind of story arc as well, but it, it was, it, it's very cool to still be doing this. Uh, the people I've gotten to talk to and the stories I've gotten to write um, ha have, have been a sense of pride for me. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's been a whirlwind. I think that's probably the best way to describe it. No, and, and I mean, so for the most part, your sports editor Tommy Mogelson presents this opportunity to you, right? And yeah. so you're you're working at the Mercury in Manhattan. You're thinking, what is is he serious? Is is this like a dream come true for you? What did you view this as? How how big of an opportunity did you view this as exactly? I, I mean, it, it. I I remember like the day that I got the email where he said. Uh, you know, if 
if we were to make a position open for you as the esports reporter, would you apply? And I'm literally, I read the email sitting there exhausted uh, from a long week of work at the Manhattan Mercury. And that job was a great first job. There's so many different things that you get to do. I got to, you know, uh, write feature stories, write game stories, design pages, take photos, features, uh, you know, projects. Really, you know, I, I won an award for a long-form feature that I did in, in, in partnership with a staff photographer who I was really good friends with. You know, there were fun road trips, long weekends. So it, like, it was a dynamite first job in terms of, like, you're going to set yourself up to be able to do anything afterwards. Um, but I, I got that email, and I'm like, oh, wow. Not not only is this happening, but it's happening right this second. Um, I, I had been thinking about how I could get into esports for years, and I doubt it was really a surprise to anybody at the Mercury either that I would accept a job covering esports because they knew that I liked it there too. Um, but I think uh, when I was covering the St. Louis Cardinals for MLB.com, uh, I think it was just like a like a ten day homestand for the Cardinals, and I was in like day nine or something. Right. And uh, this was fall, early fall, late summer of 2018, and I got home at like midnight because um, the the game went from like 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then you know you write your story, you do all your interviews, blah blah blah. Get home midnight gotta eat shower all that good stuff <laughs> right and uh I, I i hop on a phone call and i was like you know i i do like baseball but i don't think i love being a baseball journalist it's just that baseball is is different from i would imagine basketball or f- football just it, it is it's a different beast it's a different grind they play every single day so i mean the, and so you've just got to bring it all that you have every single day and you know, so so many people care about it, which which is great. And um, I I commend baseball writers, to be honest. Um, but I thought I really like esports. I I love the competition. I like the personalities. I think that they're fun. It's such an interesting space that journalism and beat reporting really hasn't gotten to tap into. I didn't know what it would look like. Uh, for me to get into esports, I'm like, I'm clearly never going to be a player. I'm, you know, 23, 24 years old at the time. And, and, you know, my, my, my chances of a career ended seven, eight years ago. So, uh, short. exactly. Like it's, it's never, that's never going to happen. How do I make it into esports? You know, I don't have, they're not going to just hire some baseball journalist onto their marketing team or, or anything like that. And I'm not even sure that that's what I wanted to do. Cause I thought the journalism space was still so early on. And I thought, you know, what if I hopped into an interview uh, while playing with one of these players and just talk to them about their life and about their game and what, what kind of story would that make? And would that be something interesting or that people would look at? Um, so crazy enough, I presented that idea to Tommy I think on our phone call three months before he decided to hire me, I don't, and that's definitely not the reason why he did it, uh, why he went through with it. But it was just, it was just, it's remarkable to me to be able to see like a specific idea uh, come through, and that I've been able to do that because I, I played, you know, Warzone with with Tommy, and I played Warzone with with Crim Six, and I played 
uh, Cold War with with the Call of Duty League MVP and Shotzi and all of those. I would put together stories of you know why. What makes the pro special? Why is this different? Uh, that to tutorials and, um, you know, for the Crim Six story I did, you know, I, I had my gameplay critiqued by the winningest Call of Duty player of all time, um, and, and that those kinds of stories have done well. So it's been cool to see those kinds of ideas work themselves out. And the fact that you know I, I got to do that during this process it is very exciting and you know the fact i i think when i reached out to tommy i just like yeah i thought it was crazy that you guys are covering the dallas fuel um so it, it still is crazy to me to be able to cover esports like this because i know that there are other esports reporters in the country but I, i'm still unaware of a full-time esports beat reporter covering a specific team in the same way that you know DMN people cover their respective teams. Right. Um, it, it it's it's still uh crazy to me. And you know, if there is there are other people, I'd love to chat with them someday about you know what what their experience has been like. But I don't I'm, I don't think there are off the top of my head. I I can't think of like a single in the United States. Yeah, in the U.S. I mean, I can't think of a single yeah. full time esports reporter from like a, a a big news organization like Dallas Morning News like. I don't think LA Times is anybody like that. I don't think uh, really any big newspaper out there really explored that option like the Dallas Morning News did. It's funny because I I was at uh, the Overwatch League Grand Finals in 2019 out in Philadelphia, and Tommy was presenting with uh, Clint Yates out there. Mm-hmm. Something just 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 the media just to talk to them about the possibility of the future of, of of esports and marketing and all that stuff. And he mm-hmm. I asked him like so. Is the uh, morning news planning to you know expand their esports coverage? He's like, oh yeah, we're planning on hiring some guy out of out of, out of Kansas. We think this is this is in October, mind you, October you know uh, November. And I'm like, oh wow, so you could have given me a I, heads up. I, I mean, I didn't know, but so I asked him like, oh, so I, I, <laughs> so I'm guessing did he go to Kansas State? And Tommy's like, I think so, yeah, Kansas State. And so <laughs> that's kind of how, for whatever reason, my head, I think you always went to Kansas State. I never, it never clicked to me oh, were a no. Jayhawk instead. I'm sorry, that's my apology. <laughs> so, no, that, that's that's funny. I mean, I was at K State covering K State athletics. I'm sure there were a lot of people who thought it. <laughs> and, and I the, was never crazy about like Jayhawk fandom. To your credit, like I, yeah. I'm still not. Like I, I watched KU play, but honestly, like I grew up wa- liking the University of Texas. It's where my dad went, and I enjoyed Vince Young and uh, in the Rose Bowl and. It's just a better um, legacy. Like it's just a better legacy to be a fan of too, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean that that that's what I enjoyed watching. Ku fans were kind of mean to me in elementary school, so I was like, you know what? <laughs> but they had a great journalism program, and I like and I loved basketball coverage, and I still do, still love basketball. So it was the perfect fit for me. All right, so Sean, you've got a massive bio, pretty much. Uh, but I've got to ask. For someone who had such a huge uh, sports background, right? You covered college basketball, MLB. Were you always interested in esports as a kid, or is it something that you just took part in, like on a curiosity with this career opportunity? I think I really started thinking about esports as an occupation after graduation. Um, I I I've enjoyed video games my whole life, but I I was also somebody who was very active outside as well. Like it, it was never, you know, I didn't have the the wherewithal to just like grind Call of Duty for twelve hours a day. I know that 
Illy of the Dallas Empire like tweets like that all the time. Like, mm. you make sure you get better today. And I always read that tweet. And I'm like, I didn't get any better today. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, in regards to like Call of Duty, um, but yeah, I, it, I've always enjoyed video games, and I got into esports. I'd say probably like early to mid college uh, of when I would start following it and start following uh competitors especially in like battle royales because those became wildly popular when fortnite exploded um and i say like i you know everybody has their own dream of being a you know a streamer who can just sit there and play video games and have twenty thousand people watch them and took money at them right um but you know that was never realistic for me i it, it that would probably be exhausting for me um, and I wouldn't have the uh, the performance power to do it. So I knew, okay, that that's probably not going to happen. Um, how how can I use my journalism skills to get into it? Um, that was definitely during MLB.com when I was, you know, thinking about how I could do that. Um, it di- it did feel like a slight risk. Mm-hmm. Um, to to jump into esports, I I guess on my end it seems silly to think that you know if you know say four years down the line or something I no longer cover esports for the Dallas Morning News if somebody doesn't want to hire me to cover basketball because I covered esports for three years I I personally would think it would be a a bit silly to base it on that because it's not like I forgot everything that I know about basketball. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I still watch basketball. I've been watching the NCAA tournament this entire time. I still follow the NBA pretty significantly. Um, you know, even the high school basketball scene here in, in North Texas is, is really strong because, you know, great recruits go from all from here all over the country. They do. So, so it's not a, you know, it, it wouldn't even be, a big deal for me. Um, obviously, it, obviously, whoever's hiring might be like, "Oh man, this guy covers esports. He's only covered esports for most of his professional career. We can't do that. We want a pure basketball guy." So I guess, like in that sense, sure, uh, it could be a problem. But you know, esports seems like it's not only here to stay, but it's getting bigger. I, I, I just, I sometimes I try to think of you know, like, what would it take for esports to just collapse? And like, I, I don't. I don't really see that happening. People would have to stop playing video games. I don't see that happening. No, I mean, it's more like... More people. Yeah, it's more like, uh, I would see scenes collapse, like certain games would collapse and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the scene as a whole, like the the esports industry as a whole, I don't think would would ever collapse. No, it's it's just not that kind of thing. Um, it's, It's like the NBA probably won't collapse. I mean, they might lose money here and there or... Uh, you know, have things to work through, but it's just like they. I don't. I. I guess I'll be proven wrong someday. Cold hot takes or cold takes uh, exposed <laughs> when uh, the NBA is like, "Yep, we're decided to shut down. Basketball's canceled." Uh, but you know, it seems unlikely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you know, in that way, it is a risk. Move across the country to Dallas to uh, to cover esports. A lot of people would probably see that as like, "All right, he's he's given up on sports coverage for his career," but. You know, it's not like the Dallas Morning News has even seen me in that in that fashion. I covered high school sports uh, for the Dallas Morning News, you know, just during this offseason for esports when the Fuel and the Empire weren't playing right. in the fall. And I said th- I thought I did a solid job. Um, I, I, I got solid feedback. Of course, it, you know, there was a bit of of growing pains getting to know 
uh, the area and getting to know the coaches. And it was my first time doing things that the DMN's been doing for years and years. Um, but, you know, I, it was a collaborative team effort with uh, with editors and and other uh, high school writers. And, you know, I, I, it, I didn't go into it feeling like, oh, my gosh, what's football? I don't remember anything that I learned about football in my previous years as a journalist. Uh, I, I only know esports, you know, that kind of thing. You know, it's, like, so, it's like riding a bicycle. You'll you'll never forget how to cover a certain sport. I mean, it just yeah. kind of it just kind of just adjust it to whatever you're covering that day. You know, like football, ba- baseball, basketball. Whenever I covered those sports, I would always have to just slightly adjust. You know, just think of a different angle for for stories to come up. And it's it's you know it's just a story for sports journalism in general. And so with esports now, it's a it's a it's kind of the same. Same thing, but different. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it just write about the people. Worst case scenario, obviously, you want to know football jargon or baseball jargon, and, and you know, be able to understand what's happening in the game. But if you can't do that, then I don't know how you got this far, anyways. But <laughs> yeah, it, it's understanding. I think uh, what Joe Treza, who was. Um, my my kind of boss at, at MLB.com in that, you know, he was the Cardinals beat reporter when I first got there. And then it was Jen Langosh. He was filling in for her while she was on maternity leave. And um, one thing that he told me very early on is, you know, a good way to understand your own coverage or what you should be writing out is just ask yourself, what sh- what does this mean? So whenever you're covering a game, write about what it means. You know, not not just that, uh, you know, the Cowboys lost 40 to 27 to the Eagles. But what does this mean in the grand scheme of the season? Right. Um, was there a significant injury? What does that injury mean for the depth? J- just give things context and you're going to be fine. It doesn't really matter what kind of what what sport you're covering. You're if you're a, a sports reporter that is confident and knows what they're doing, you're, you're going to be able to cover any sport exactly, um, to yeah. some degree. And then, and, and sports journalism has had that benefit where it's just, you know, they've existed for years as an industry standard, you know, on almost all level uh, of sports. You've had, you know, high school writers uh, covering high school games, college, professional, even independent leagues will have, you know, some kind of coverage in terms of journalism. But for esports, it's a, it's a pretty new development within like the last 10 years or so that it's really come about. And, you know, this is probably like what the third or fourth wave of esports competition. What, what's something that you would you've learned covering esports in your first year as a as a full time esports beat uh, beat writer. Um, re- reporting is still new to them as well. Uh, you know there there are veterans like uh, Crim Six of the Dallas Empire that that seem to get it, but Crim Six is also a 27, 28 year old. Right. Um, you know, who who probably understands what many occupations are. Uh, and I think Envy probably, you know, prepared their players for the fact that, you know, hey, not only are you going to be playing for us, but the Dallas Morning News is going to be covering you. You're going to talk to their reporter at least once a week um, that, you know, this is going to this is part of the gig we, we want to be seen or however that conversation went down. I don't know. Uh, I'm just uh, that was my <laughs> poor micro fail impression. Um, and, you know, there are other people who are not. There are so many people I reach out to 
uh, via email, be like, hey, we'd just love to chat with you for 15 minutes, even if it's off the record, the, to chat with you. And there's and, and you know, so many people either don't respond or they're 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 unsure of of, of kind of what's happening here. Um, a lot of people that will follow me uh, on Twitter will will ask questions uh, that are sometimes simple to journalism, and I have to remind myself that not only is this scene young, but the people who follow it are young too. That's right. Yep. I, I can't expect you know a 15 year old who's a diehard Dallas Fuel fan to understand the intricacies of journalism and beat reporting. That would be unfair. And if they are, then they're a prodigy of you know the industry. So the credit to them, but. Yeah, that's been something uh, I, I've had to track as well. Um, esports is young in, in, in so many ways. Like we're, we're only at the very, very beginning, and I have to remind myself of that. Um, but people are are just as passionate about some of these teams as they are with the Dallas Cowboys or the Dallas Mavericks. Like for instance, the Dallas Fuel don't have. A dedicated tracer player and people see that as the sky is falling <laughs> and i'm not saying that it, it it's not great for the fuel to not have an amazing tracer player because they might need one in order to win a championship but like we're, we're you know a few weeks away from the season three weeks almost exactly and you know this the the, the roster is fairly stacked um they're projected to be pretty good and, you know, people are extremely passionate about one tiny little flaw in the same way that they would if the Dallas Mavericks just simply didn't have somebody that could rebound. Or if the Cowboys don't have a left tackle that can protect their expensive Dak Prescott. Um, just... So fans kind of treat it in the same way. Yeah. And I didn't really know what to expect from that when I came into it. But it, a lot of it is very similar to sports in that way. No, I mean, sport, sports fandom, esports fandom, it kind of uh, crosses barriers, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it just it just kind of works out that way. I mean, I, I think esports fandom is a little bit uh, weirder at times. But you know what? So is yes. sports fandom sometimes. You know, you have the Buffalo Bills throwing people off tables and stuff like that. I mean, I can, I can give the esports fandom a pass. But mm-hmm. speaking of interesting uh, Buffalo Bills questions, what has been, like, <laughs> some of the more interesting stories you've had to cover – uh, in your time at in, in this role at the Dallas Morning News, is it? I mean, in terms of when I say interesting, I say like either the most fun or the most bizarre or you know just the most literally interesting story you've had to cover and write about in the past year plus. There'd be a lot. I'd say the story that I'm probably most proud of it, it would be the story on women in esports. Um, obviously, women face. Uh, a lot of things in esports and other industries, obviously, that men don't. Um, like, I, I, there was somebody who re- replied to me on Twitter one time saying there are less women in esports because there are less women that are as good as men. And I'm like, that's, I mean, maybe true, but like, that's like the, the, only the surface level of the problem you're yeah. you're saying the most simple thing possible uh you know women haven't been you know treated fairly or equally in esports every time they hop onto the microphone there's a decent chance that something could be extremely sexist or rude to them 
And if you're an eight-year-old starting to grind your eventual professional career and you're going to do it for 10 years before you get signed to phase or I don't know, and you have to deal with that every single time you get on, why would you want to pursue a career like that? Um, so we don't know how many potential uh, women w we've lost in esports simply because, you know, that it's, it's just not fun to pursue because people are awful, you know, the, the, among other elements. Um, but that my story kind of tackled that in which I got to talk to a bunch of women about what their careers have been like in esports and, and and gaming and content creation. And that was a story that I was particularly proud of. There's a lot of good voices in there in terms of stories. That was the most fun. Um, I, I, I'd be crazy to not say the war zone stories where I got to play with uh, Tommy Tish uh, Crim Six or or Shotzi, um, I would I would hop into games games with them and I would ask them questions and afterwards uh, I would write you know kind of an evergreen story um, about you know the experience and and Warzone and and what it's like to you know receive feedback from a professional player. I remember the the first time that I played with Shotzi. We got up, We both got up at like 9 a.m. for this session. He gets on. He's still yawning. He's like loading up his game. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I haven't warmed up at all, so we'll see how this goes. And the dude drops back-to-back -back 30 bombs. What a warm-up. Right? <laughs> and, 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 like, and, he goes, and he goes, oh, I guess I'm playing pretty well. I'm like, yeah, dude, for sure. I guess, I guess so. Well. I guess so, man. <laughs> how disgusting that, was that That was dude? funny. Yeah, so that the, the those are definitely fun. Um, the most bizarre one is also kind of a Warzone story that I kind of just like stumbled upon, and that you know the winningest squad in Warzone, the team with the most wins, the first number one ranked winner, number two, number three, all of them play together uh, all the time. Uh, two of them are from San Antonio, and two of them were you know unemployed because of the pandemic, and before that, where they were working you know, basic jobs that they weren't passionate about. And, you know, a pandemic in Warzone turned this into a, a career for them. Um, so that one was also kind of fun. I'd say the the, the fabled week of the Dallas Fuel uh, in August sometime of last year. Right. Where uh, their best player, their head coach and assistant coach all uh, parted ways with the team. As as the team said it, and uh, and then another player has uh, misconduct with with team rules, and that he makes uh, sexist remarks. Uh, that that all happened within like forty eight hours. So that was Holy just moly. a wild week of coverage. I remember um, that week. That was that was actually pretty nutty because I was just thinking, oh, so and so's leaving. Oh, so also so and so's leaving. Oh, he said what? And that was like literally within, I think it was uh, like did. a day or two no of breaks. each other. It was like, oh my gosh. Dallas Fuel had no no breaks at all during this this rough week for them. No, no, not at all. And, you know, I, people questioning that they that the Fuel are serious about winning. I mean, you can't look at, that, look at this blow up and say that they're not serious about wanting to win. Um, so I'm sure that they're, they're, their fans are excited. Uh, but it would... <laughs> that week was crazy. Obviously, at the very end of the season, when they let go of every single player except for Doha, um, you know, getting to break uh, news for for a bunch of these players uh, w was a fun part of you know the 
first year beat reporting experience because building that kind of repertoire is is difficult uh, on a new beat. Um, but yeah, there, there's been so many uh, stories I've, I've been proud, proud about and so many weird weeks and hectic weeks and also uh, enjoyable times and important stories. All right, well, I'm not going to ask you about the Dallas Empire because I think uh, we'll, we'll, I want to save that and we'll have you come back on and talk about them. But for now, sure. Dallas Fuel, three weeks out, season starts for them. A lot of a lot of high hopes on this team. What's the what's the outlook for them so far? Is it gonna be you know, obviously no no dedicated tracer player like you mentioned earlier, but like what's the best hope for this team and what's the worst possible outcome that fans can expect? I I think your best hope for this team is you know that they can make it late in a playoff bracket, right? Like they they have a strong seeding during the season, you know, maybe they place top five and that they make a run during the playoffs. Uh, that That's probably all you can ask from any team that isn't the San Francisco shock where, you know, you're expecting a championship every year now. Um, I think that that's probably what you're looking for. I, I think worst case scenario, you have something similar to, you know, the expectations of, of, of being a Dallas fuel team and, and, and crumbling under them. Um, this team being average, I would say, would probably be a disappointment to many people because they want them to be really good. But all things considered, this team is also pretty young. So even if it doesn't happen this year, people may want to panic about that. But it doesn't mean that they can't build upon this team still. Because if they do go out and get a dedicated Tracer player and, let's say, another tank player, in the 2021 offseason, who's to say that the 2022 Dallas Fuel isn't going to be better than the 2021 Dallas Fuel? And right. that that's just pure speculation. I you know it, but I uh, I think I've seen a lot of people just really looking for it to all happen this year. And I do think that the Fuel could be a good team this year, but I think that there's a chance that they could even be a better team moving forward if this group does like each other. Uh, and enjoy spending time and playing with each other as much as they say they do. Right, and it's just um, hopefully the merch is always going to be good, right? That's that's the good thing about Team Envy. The uh, <laughs> the merch is really great, and so if they if they end up sucking or or losing, merch is top tier. Not going to lie to you. Uh, you like the merch, got it. Sean, I want to thank you for coming on, man. Um, still all your social, your deeds out there, where people can follow you, find your articles, everything out there. Go ahead, man. Yeah, on Twitter, uh, it's at Sean, S-E-A-N-Z, just the letter Z, Collins. There's a thousand Sean Collinses in the world. I tried for a unique uh, username, and this is what I came up with. I'm sorry. Please don't yell at me. I mean, it has to be, uh, it has to be professional too, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. Um, and then you can find my stuff uh, at the Dallas Morning News website. There we have a whole esports section. Uh, anything there is going to be written by me, most likely. Um, if you want to subscribe, you can also get a month off free with code Sean C. Um, recommend doing that. Wait, do you get a, um, do you get a kickback for that? I don't. Uh, uh, uh. but 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 you know, all of our reporters have have codes and um, yeah, I, I th- this content going to continue coming. And, uh, you know, I do game coverage, I do in-depth feature stories, I do trend stories, I do evergreen features unrelated to Fuel and Empire and all these things. Uh, 
come often. So I, I've got a I've got a follow up for the Empire to write today. So if you've liked the Dallas Empire, make sure to follow along on Twitter as well. I tweet during these matches. Um, Twitter is probably the best place to do that. That's awesome, man. I'm gonna go ahead and link the story about the women in esports because that is just a great story. I think everybody should read that story, and so I'm gonna go ahead and link that in uh, in the uh, podcast notes of today's episode. But Sean, hey man, I want to thank you for coming on. Always a great talk with you. You were just literally a bucket full of insight on journalism and esports and the fuel and the empire and everything. It's 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 an amazing guest to have on when that happens. You know, it's you were much appreciated. I uh, appreciate guest. the gas up. <laughs> hey man, I gotta gas up my guests as much as I gotta gas up myself sometimes. Hey, exactly. <laughs> Sean, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks so much, Kevin. I appreciate you having me on. Looking forward to next time. Fantastic stuff from Sean Collins. As always, uh, he'll provide coverage on almost anything esports related in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. That's where I'm from. That's why I uh, have sown most of my seeds, and that's where most of my guests have come from. But I'm hoping to branch out in the future with uh, hopefully some more interviews that'll come out nationwide maybe internationally as well. We'll dive into that a little bit more as I kind of transition into the the host of this podcast. And of course, as always, you guys are more than welcome to let me know more thoughts on who you want to hear on the show. Feel free to tweet them at me, at Korea24. Don't forget, subscribe, rate the podcast. Helps with that more than you think. It's quite a relief to get that first interview off my back and just finally post it and publish somewhere out there. I'm trying to improve and figure out things to do a little bit differently, do the same as as the previous host of the, of the program. But for the most part, we're all figuring this out together. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to know you guys. You guys are getting to know me. Don't be afraid to let me know what you like. But anyways, guys, I'm Kevin Correa. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Sean Collins of the Dallas Morning News. I'll post a few of his articles around somewhere. You guys feel free to, uh, listen, to uh, read through them and uh, let him know what you think about it. He can, again, follow him on Twitter at Sean Z. Collins. Sean is S-E-A-N. And he's just an awesome guy. I can't wait to have him back on the show. I do plan to have him back on. You can't say no to Sean Collins. Gas that guy up. All right, guys? Appreciate it, guys. We'll see you next time. Ah!